choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Most of the countries in the region have found themselves as part of some form of military operation. Right. Saudi Arabia is leading an operation in Yemen together with the United Arab Emirates. That operation did involve Qatar for a little bit until relations soured. And um, it's also involved, it's uh, Bahrain. Uh, Egypt's involved in its own in uh, counterinsurgency yeah. in the Sinai. Yeah. Um, obviously, Syria's <laughs> fighting its own own yeah. war in Iraq's, yeah. uh, trying to ensure that the uh, victories that they've had on the battlefield are actually sustainable, right. uh, and that they don't run into kind of a resurgence of Islamic states similar to what happened in you know the period. I guess you could probably call it 20, 2010, 2012, right. that that window where Islamic state seen you know appeared to be defeated and then came back roaring and was ended up even more powerful than it ever was in the mid 2000s. Right. And so yeah, most of the most of the militaries in the region can can assume that they're going to be fighting and need to keep uh, procurement up and very varied procurement, not even just you know purchasing one one you know one type of system for one right. branch. They're really purchasing a lot of stuff for all of their branches of their militaries. Is that going to continue for a while, you think? I would say so. I mean, some of their some of their big tenders have been filled. Cutter, for example, has been looking to get new fighter jets for decades. Right. And they have, since 2015, have started really making those purchases. They've been surprising because they've gone for three different fighter jet types. Yeah. It was for a they long time. Them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was for a long time. It was generally assumed that they would get one, maybe two. They would get they they purchased the Rafal in 2015. Right. And they continued dialogue with the for the Typhoon, the Eurofighter Typhoon, right. and for the F-15. And it was right. generally assumed they'd get one, probably the F-15. Right. Uh, last year in November, the U.S. approved... Uh, the, actually, excuse me, this would be 2016 in November. The U.S. Right. approved uh, the sale of F-15s, and yeah. then Qatar inked that like within weeks of the... Uh, within weeks of the crisis that that emerged with Saudi Arabia and UAE, right, and then in September suddenly said, "Yeah, you, you know what? We're also going to buy the, the Eurofighter Typhoon," and went and very rapidly completed that deal in in Good November idea. December, and yeah, so they've that's been surprising, but again, a lot of the, some of these tenders are you know being fulfilled. They've reached yeah. their the end of them, but I think I think you'll still see a lot of a lot of deals coming up in the you know the next five ten years yeah yeah and the same in asia those are the two regions that are really driving global growth i mean europe i believe i've said this before it's only now with the this is about year three of return to growth yeah in overall consolidated european defense spending and it is expected to continue particularly now that the Eurozone economy is actually growing by what their standards are, 2.4%, I believe, for 2017. That's yeah. that's like, you know, heady by their standards because other than, you know, Germany kind of lifting up the Eurozone, it's microeconomies. Right. But there's enough growth there and enough seeming determination to keep Europe moving forward. But they're top rate 
top line consolidated defense spending levels are only now getting back to 2008. Right. And 2008 was a long march south in terms of uh, spending right. trends. So and, and we're moving forward and going up, but we're heading towards this cyclic right. Right. Depression. I mean, yeah. So what's what's going to happen right. with that? I mean, is it and, just and, and, a temporary and we know, thing that we're looking right. at? In Europe, particularly, it, it decoupling economic growth from defense spending growth right. is, is a difficult thing. Right. China, um, about a year or two ago, their economy started slowing down, but it's still growing at about 6.5%, Right. Uh, you know, relatively, it's still, so, a, it's still, a, yeah. And their, their defense budget for about a five year stretch was pinned on, it was growing at double digits per year. Right. But that was pinned on a parallel track of double digit economic growth. Right. And then about two years ago, they decoupled. The economy wasn't growing by double digits, but defense growth was growing at about 10%. Right, you know, nine point five, still very, very rapid growth, right. and that will not slow down, right. regardless of. Wouldn't imagine you know, so. That's you know, pretty, economic. pretty novel for for among defense um, markets for countries right. to actually have that, where it's really decoupled. Right. Exactly. Australia has done a good job recently of of saying, hey, we want to make 2% of GDP. They also have a very good economy. They have a good economy. They have a lot of political willpower, and they also, um, their national shipbuilding strategy is is predicated on a lot of localized work. You know, design purchased, you know, or not purchased, but you contract that out with somebody and they work together with, Australian planners. Australia's building up its defense industry now. In, in the naval section, for sure. Yeah. Um, Remember, Saudi Arabia is building up their defense industry the a little bit. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they've, they've been interested in building that up for a very long time. They, they're under their new Vision 2030 plans that the idea is that 50% of their defense needs can come from like local industry. Hmm. Be that, be that That's know, a components use or, or what have you but they're setting their goals pretty high there that's yes, uh <laughs> and that, that, that's the problem they're running into is it's very difficult to the uae's always been the defense industry the uae actually has a they, they very niche defense industry with right they, they like for example are producing armored vehicles right and they're using them in in yemen and they've also exported those to, to uh, partners in the region so those those definitely work they've uh, started producing a lot of UA, uh, uavs yeah. Um, as well as naval vessels, and so they've they've been able to make their defense industry um, work, and they've developed it a lot, and they're getting a lot of partnerships to uh, to keep it growing. Saudi Arabia yeah. is hoping to have that same. Yeah, UAE yeah. strikes me as a little more on the Singapore model, which is also kind of off the Israeli model, specializing right. in defense electronics. Yeah. Some. Some armored vehicle, which I believe the UAE does in in tandem with, I think, Jordan. But, you know, it it, as Derek said, very niche. You know, we're not going to try to be, um, you know, the French defense industrial base, even the United States. We cannot do it. So let's find uh, especially, like, tropicalized ships for the Gulf, something that fits our market and we can produce and find buyers 
at home for our own military and yeah. in the region. So, but going forward with um, Europe real quick, I was going right. to say that the test for Europe will be, can they sustain this sudden, I don't even like calling it a resurgence because it's, <laughs> it's making it sound more... Um, dramatic than dramatic it is. Dramatic than it is because <laughs> the, the countries that are seeing the biggest growth year on year in 2016, 17, and then moving forward right. are the ones in the East that face Russia closest right. to its doorstep, their doorstep and are starting from much lower base. Uh, yeah, their so base that, is that, so that low that 30% is yeah. growth is very, it's not much. They right. can't buy high-end hardware. Our weapons systems market intelligence services provide 10 or 15 year unit and value production forecasts. Forecasts are provided for airborne, ground-based, and sea-based weapons. Products feature global coverage of the major players and details of market trends. Market segment analyses provide detail of each segment's top programs. We also offer online database products detailing worldwide inventories of missiles and military vehicles. It'll really be Germany bolstering European defense budget growth because France cut their budget by 800 million euros last year, and that was on the procurement wow. side, and they've been lagging on that side. Britain is going to have to weather its short-term Brexit storm and in the meantime, recalibrate their their strategy. What do we want to be going forward? I, I right. think there's still a ton of potential for the UK um, to to revisit their their foreign policy and trade agreements. But they will still be. I can't foresee them sever, severing ties with Europe in terms of defense cooperation. That will be there right. very tight, yeah. and they're going to have to um, work out the cross-border industrial um, elements, Tullis right. UK, uh, MDA UK, and uh, Augusta Westland. All those arrangements will have to be worked out right. through Brexit with clarity. But going forward, it, it really is when the European economy slows, right how much are these governments going to be willing to invest going forward? Um, they you know, have, to, have to invest money. If they don't, I mean, right. they're already right. at such low readiness levels. I don't know how much lower can they go. Well, there's also the, the capabilities have to be a high-low mix. Yeah. And um, I think most Western nations in general have forgotten that. And they're, they've lost capacity, as I've been hitting on throughout this. Um, right. And so that there'll be a need for that low end. You know, we don't. We need the logistical tail. We need combat infantry soldiers. We need drones, ISR drones, combat drones. We need armored vehicles that can be um, airlifted into theater. We need strategic transport, aerial refueling, and we need amph some amphibian capability. Right. So those are those are all elements that Europe has to focus on, but everybody in NATO has to focus on that. Right. Canada has struggled to um, complete or even undertake a lot of recapitalization projects that are pretty vast, and they've right. continued to kick, them, kick the can down the road. 
So, and as we discussed, the U.S. readiness levels um, and even Army troop capacity right. going forward, those are questions. Right. So, um, I, I, Mattis's, James Mattis, um, Secretary Mattis's uh, strategic vision, I forgot what the paper came out last Friday, but he noted threats beyond, you know, he acknowledged China and Russia's threats, but also... Um, Iran, North Korea. Right, moving away from like non from focusing on non state actors, you know, Islamic State, Al Qaeda, right. well, looking in, more towards state actors. Which is what right. Latin yeah, American military procurement focuses on drug trafficking. Uh, you know, it, right. it, it becomes a these are non state actors. Um, so there's that element too. The U.S. U.S. military has so many responsibilities and has to cover the globe. Right. That there's thus their defense budget is you know almost forty percent of our complete yeah. top line total, and um, we we've moved from so the the um the non-state actors for a little while now we've been moving towards okay some the real peer threats but the non-state actors are are basically part of those those peer threats and and they are for China and Russia yeah. too. Yeah. They are for all nations. Right. I, mean, so, I think what, what the U.S. Is, is, is encountering is that, like, Al-Qaeda and Islamic State, like, they're, they're threats in region. And right. maybe, I mean, you know, you can, you can say that they're not a threat to the homeland until they pull off, you, right. you know, another major attack. But for the most part, they haven't been able to, to do that and they haven't been able to, you know, really threaten the U.S. And they definitely don't threaten the U.S. on an existential level. And so I think the U.S. is starting to to reorient its its policy more towards um, larger like state actors. That doesn't mean the U.S. is going to just start you know abandoning its operations in in the Middle East. Uh, no, that that's that's our that, advertising area. We can't do that. That's that's where <laughs> nations also, are advertising. And it's also it's also <laughs> it's uh, why they're also looking yeah. to to build um, capacity through partnerships too. Right. You know, as yeah. I mentioned, the quadrilateral. Hey, right now that's more of a political, maritime security, anti-piracy right. kind of early conversation. But right. if you don't think they're eyeing China's expansion, oh yeah, for then sure. you're yeah. fooling yourself. So yeah. these are very early stages of hey, how can we leverage relationships to tackle both low-level, high-level, um, state-on-state or non-state actor. Right. Threats, yeah. um, and as I mentioned before, if you look at France, with their military um, on constant operational alert on homeland security right. front, that takes away funding oh, within yeah. the budget, yeah. and it puts fatigue and stress on the military. Right, and so that's also an, a, these, a role are, that they're not probably not exactly yeah, equipped for. It's, I would it's not what, right. what their preference would be. Right, so. No, or any um, country fighting a war inside of their own country. That's got to be uh, a bit of a strain. Well, <laughs> I mean, their their responsibility first and foremost is to protect their their people. Right. So the goal is is necessary. But going forward, I, I think it's so much in Europe will depend on continued economic growth. Right. And um, that's a problem. And well, right now. They've had a good year, and they're they're thinking 2018 yeah. early forecasts are 
pretty positive. Right. France had roaring growth at 1.9% of GDP wow. this past year, which wow. by their standards is, is you know, it's break out the champagne. <laughs> um, that's a relatively tepid year for us, but hey, you know, progress. And so yeah. moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how um, President Macron continues with um, um, growth policies on the economic front right. while trying to strengthen European defense initiatives right. and boost the defense budget because he stumbled early right. by slashing the budget and the the uh, head of the French army resigned in protest, and that was a bit of a stubbing of his toe when he was still in that sounds like it that um, early fascination stage of his his um, you know. I can't believe I actually right that was made within a few, yeah. few it was, months. It was, wasn't it? Yes, it was July of yeah. last year. Wow! So he had bar- he was still in the you know the the love stages with um, public adoration. Well, something and mostly him and President f- Trump <laughs> have in common then, I guess. <laughs> how did I How did I get here? <laughs> I didn't think this would actually happen. Well, that, and, 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 and our, our, obviously our U.S. defense budget analyst, Sean McDougall, is better positioned to answer this, but the question right. for the U.S. is how much can Trump grow the defense budget because we know that's what he wants to do, and how much impact will that have on the naval side because I think one area in particular that is um, kind of been neglected in, in Europe and the United States and definitely in Canada is right. naval um, warship capacity. And so right. that'll be something to watch into uh, over the horizon. But uh, our, our annual report foresees continued growth okay. largely um, based on growth in China, more more growth in South Korea, Japan, Australia, um, Brazil, South America. South yeah, Bill's America. South America. We're yeah. gonna see growth. They have. They have I mean, again, everywhere to go up. They <laughs> have. They're good. They're you know, all those boats are lifting down there, and Middle yeah. East it continues to buoy the the global markets. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and Middle East is also it's deceptive because a lot of the money that's being spent is not in the official budget, and the official budget. If they even re- if countries even release one, might just be a top line figure, and they don't get right. any. So, so a lot of the estimates for that are, are pretty conservative, and they right. don't include you know what all the all the supplementary funding or operational spending or operational right. spending. Uh, there's no real telling what they're putting their money to, or even if they're you know going anywhere near the top line figure that they give, or if they're far exceeding it. Please join us in part five of this series as we delve into the very heart of international military markets.